Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Wanted to start the show off by asking you, how is your mental health? I might be the only person that has asked you that today, this week, this month, maybe even this year. So just reminding you to take a moment and check in with yourself. I want everyone to do that every single day, maybe even multiple times a day. Hey, how's my mental health doing? What might I need? Might I need more downtime and rest instead of reaching for that candy or that Red Bull or that coffee? If you are tired, it's a sign you need rest, not to push through. Can you back off, drop the bar a little bit? Maybe it's time to call today or an evening. Maybe you need to sleep in tomorrow. Maybe you need to go to bed earlier tonight. Maybe you need to take tomorrow off. Maybe you need to spend the rest of the night on the couch watching television. It's okay to relax. Uh, maybe you need to back off. I'm telling everyone, work 70% max. We're not giving anything 100%. That's how we get into burnout. 70% max. Carving out every day time for pleasure, doing things that are rooted in nothing more than just feeling good and putting a smile on your face. And that is productive. Please don't think that because something doesn't generate income <laughs> or something, you know, financially driven or, or visually, visually, you know, goal driven, it is reasonable to say, I'm going to just eat this donut. I'm just going to lay and listen to some music for a few hours. I'm just going to dance. I'm going to lay on the couch. I'm going to look through a magazine, flip them, like whatever you need to do. Joy is, is productive. Um, also rest, leisure. We need more of it. So, um, and I was always asked someone else, you know, other important people too. Hey, how's your mental health? Giving people, you know, not just, again, the acknowledgement that that's an important thing to do, but letting them know that you're a resource. Um, interesting study. I like to share things. And, you know, we're not going to spend much time on it. There's not really too much to say other than how interesting and sad some of this development is. So this is a study coming out of the Netherlands, and it's um, pretty profound. So the headline is teen boys are insecure. Teen boys that are insecure about their looks are far more likely to battle depression as adults more so than girls. So of course, again, this is very much rooted in the gender binary. I don't know what it's saying about trans people, non-binary individuals. Um, but it's saying again, that boys are more likely if they're struggling as teens to have depression as a result of that than girls are. The numbers are kind of staggering. Uh, researchers found that men are a staggering 285% more likely to have severe depression if they were unhappy with their bodies as teens. Girls are about 84% likely to suffer the same problems if they had been insecure about their appearance. Uh, the reason why this is heartbreaking is because traditionally, 
um, this was gendered and skewed more towards girls. And now men are catapulting further ahead. That's not good. <laughs> that is not a success that anyone wants, you know? So what is that about? I think it's about a lot of things. Uh, gym culture has leaked and spread. I, you know, again, some of, some of the things are very specific to my own experience, but I remember back when I was a teenager and I started working out, um, I got into it because my older brother was an athlete and I found body modification to that extent really profound. And, and please do know, just side note, very few of us are working out for health. Most of us are doing it for body modification, for aesthetic purposes, but yet we throw around the word health. Um, and that's also something we want to talk about and we'll circle back to that. But no one else was. It was really athletically driven. And, 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 and then I got into uh, college, you know, I was at NYU in New York. And uh, I was the only friend of mine that went to the gym. The other males in my life were not gym-centered. Again, it was just really, really tied to athletes, and they were working out very differently. Now, there's now I'm hearing about teenagers getting into the gym and and college kids, and I and I and I go home and I see the gym is packed. It's become a primary part of our culture and it's an expectation and and men often feel the pressure to take up as much space as possible. Now I know some women are rolling their eyes saying, "Ah, oh, men have always done that." And yes, we have, and we're working on male privilege and dismantling that. But there's also a toxic masculinity part of it, which is men are 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 trained to believe that we have to occupy a lot a lot of space with size and volume in terms of muscle mass. And that is reinforced by men and women. Um, this is not just men doing this to themselves. Women are also expecting men to have small stomachs, big biceps, big broad back, um, large, large sized sexual anatomy, all these different things that aren't necessary, not necessary. Well, let me see. Yeah, let me go with that. I was going to say they're not, they're not under a lot of people's control because a lot of that is genetically driven, but, um, it's also not necessary for anything. The size of your anatomy, whether we're talking sexual anatomy or, or biceps, have nothing to do with anything. Please remember, everyone, being a, a good human being or a good partner has to do with what are they what are they like during times of distress? What is it like to uh, sit down and have dinner and have conversations with them? Um, and then we extend beyond that and understand that sexuality is far bigger than anything that's you know penetratively centered, and it has to do with presence and time and all these other factors. Um, so what do we need to do? Well, we need to push back on all that. We need to stop quiet operating and participating in that. We have to be very thoughtful about how we talk about ours and other people's bodies. Be really thoughtful about the kinds of things that you're following and the messaging that it's giving you. Stop following these gym accounts and, and these fitness accounts that are really implying that you have to look a certain way to go to the beach or to feel healthy about yourself or to be a real man. None of these things are even real concepts. So we have a lot of work to do. Those numbers were horrifying to me. So I'm going to speak more and more and more and more about body neutrality and, and toxic levels and as aspects of gym culture and disordered eating. Um, I put a post uh, on my IG page at Dr. Donahue, and I was sad to see some people not understanding the mental health component of, of healing our relationship to food and people getting very fat phobic. There's nothing wrong with fatness and larger bodies. Mental health is about us letting people have the body they have and to feel worth regardless. We're going we're gonna to come back, talk more. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we're back and there's a lot of gendered battles that maybe uh you know the battle of the genders and the sexes that maybe you might want to win and this is not one of them i was talking about a study where teen boys are more likely by uh, 285% to develop a depression as adults if they have issues with their bodies as teens. That number is far too high. No one should have to actually even consider their body. I want us to be body neutral, where we don't care. Our bodies are vehicle. They're not an achievement. They are not our worth. Our desirability should not be tied to them. They're a vehicle that gets us around. So please respect it. Please take care of it. Please fuel it. Let it rest move it so it has you know strength and mobility but we shouldn't be making our worth tied to it i i've shared this on the show before that there was a time when people were worried about being a good person this came out of a really beautiful extensive study looking at what people were writing in their diaries and journals back in the 50s and 60s and before and people were like am i a good person now they're writing am i hot do i have a hot body dear god in heaven ego and narcissism but that's culturally injected into us we look around and we see that people are thinking that that is their role here to look a certain way to look their best you don't have to look your best and your job on the planet should not be to have a hot body our desirability should not be tied to that and it's leading to a lot of issues and disorders and i put a post on my own social media normalizing food reminding us that food is food is so much we should we have to heal our relationship to food food is culture that is how we celebrate our culture and spend time in it and with it by cooking foods from back home, from our family, recipes from our elders. It's also time with family when we're sitting down or going out to celebrate or to be together. It's what we do with friends to socialize. It's also what we do for fun. 
um, we, we shame it. And what we really need to be doing is remembering that our bodies, the bodies we have, are the bodies we're meant to have. However your body looks, that is the body you're meant to have. There's not only a set point that your body's always trying to maintain and get back to, but more importantly, based on your lifestyle, your body's gonna look a certain way as a result. Love that and see what it's communicating. Because the weight you're shaming is the body you're meant to have. The weight on your body is tied to the night you had out with your friends eating pizza. And that night have, had worth and value. And I don't want people to back away from that. The night you stayed up with someone you love talking, eating, snacks, the cupcake or donut you use to celebrate a success or just to add some joy to a long, hard day. The weight that you are shaming is your memories. It's vacations you've taken. It's celebrations of moments in your life. Your current body is the legacy of joys and pleasures that you're living. Let's not shame that. And then of course people hop on my page and they're like, well, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, this is a mental health centered page. We are working on healing our relationship with food. We have, these, these numbers are increasing. Things are getting worse. Things are not getting better, right? Do we, we see that? Yes, we understand that. Um, we, we need to heal, you know? Um, that story just was very, very, very distressing because I want to see the numbers going down, not them increasing exponentially. Um, okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. I think this one's also interesting. This also came out of an article and is looking at video games and video games get a lot of heat, you know, talking about um, spending too many hours and normalizing violence and things like that. And um, I can't say much about that, but what I can speak about is I was looking at some research that showed that video games have also been a really important part of a lot of people's mental health because it's given them an opportunity to learn, explore, and to express their different, diverse, and individual identities. Um, and uh, a study came out talking about it. And the study found that there's a, uh, the study found positive mental health and positive therapeutic, I can't speak, let me say this one more time. The study found positive mental health and positive therapeutic effects when trans and gender diverse youth were able to customize their characters to represent their true identities. That is beautiful. They can explore, they can feel empowered, um, but the study showed it's not just isolated to trans and gender diverse communities. Customizing a character is like dressing up. No judgment. It's imp important for people to be able to explore. I love this. Um, just looking at some other quick pieces. Yeah, playing, is different, playing different identities can help people build empathy for others without tokenizing them, um, letting them find representation. It can increase autonomy. Yeah, I, I think that's really, really beautiful. I don't, I don't wanna slam everything. Um, I think there's also something really beautiful in people learning from mistakes. We learn more when we fail. We have to go out and fail more. And we're, we're too focused on being perfect. You learn nothing from that. A lot of perfection's rooted in low self-esteem and conformity versus people being more authentic. And that's what I want to move people towards. Be authentic. That means you will fail. That means you won't always do things correctly. Um, and video games can also be a part of that. Um, here's another one. Again, I don't play video games. I have no stake in this. I, I always laugh when people think I have a stake in something. I'll talk about the importance of more of a plant-based diet and people think like I'm making money off that. It's like, no, just, just spreading information. Uh, gamers, uh, one study showed, have abundant 
experience making big decisions, coordinating resources, and experimenting with complex strategies in the game-based simulations. So, I mean, there's a lot of learning that happens from them. Um, as long as we use them in the right way. What do I mean by that? Well, from a mental health and relational perspective, don't, when your child comes to you trying to express an emotion or having a difficult time, don't send them off to the video games as an escape. Say, let's sit down and let's talk about this. Let video games be a resource for fun, for distraction. And as we learned from these studies, the development of a lot of important skills, but more importantly, also work on identity. I think that's awesome. We don't have that. We don't have that option a lot of times in the world where people can just go to school or go out in the world with their friends, exploring and trying things on. So a lot of that has to happen as you know within your use of an avatar or in this virtual world. So and also let me just add further to it that it's also a site where a lot of people build and connect with community, um, especially people that are low social, a social, have uh, social anxiety. Or again, don't really find a, a space for themselves in the local uh, communities that, that they're you know trapped in at times. And so uh, technology and again, gaming is a really beautiful space and place for that. And it can very much enhance self-esteem and self-worth. So let's hold space for that. It's not all bad and it's not always normalizing violence, which of course I think there could be a component of that, but violence is kind of normalized well outside of that as well. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back and I'm gonna spend some quick time focusing a little bit on some online dating. Got a couple DMs over the weekend with people really, 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 really struggling understandably with their mental health in relationship to it. Listen, I'm gonna wrap this up in a real big bow. I wanna remind people that I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame it first. The online world with dating apps, that is not the entire world. That is just a segment of the world right now. So I wanna, I wanna globalize that. I, I'm having a lot of people in my practice, a lot of people in my personal life, and a lot of people over the weekend because I was doing a lot of ask me anything. And I love everyone that participated in that on my IG. It got a little overwhelming. The questions were coming in. It was awesome, but I couldn't keep up. And a couple of them had to do with this topic um, where people were saying, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm depressed. And a lot of it is because, you know, we don't realize that there's a lot more to come and that there's a, a far larger world. And um, that's the first thing I wanna remind people. Um, I do think though, that there is something important about the use of some of, of these apps at times because it gives us access to people. We've talked extensively about that. So we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this, but you know, a, a couple things. I wanna make sure that people are not centering these apps. Some people, it is taking up too much time and space in their life. And I want people to remember to participate in the wider world. This should be something app use, um, just like other apps on your phone, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you know, Tinders and Hinges and all those things, those should not be the primary center point of your day or your life. Please go live and have an experience in some capacity. Get out of the house, call a friend, do whatever you need to do, but make sure that these are being used in a time-limited sense, okay? Because there's a lot of people that aren't doing the check-in, and this is something I want people to do on a date. I want people to do this when they're spending time with a friend, and I also want them to do this when they're using their phone. How do you feel before, during, and after? The before, during, and after model, um, I don't even know when I created and developed that. It was born out of, I think I was sitting in my sessions like six years ago with a client, and we were <laughs> trying to develop a system for them to assess the people in their lives because they were working on having better boundaries and really identifying toxic people. And I said, before, during, and after. How did you feel before? How did you feel during? How did you feel after? And I think there's something really meaningful that meaningful in that 
in that none of these technologies should be making our lives harder or worse, not Instagram and also not the dating apps. And I throw back to what we talked about in the first segment of tonight's show, which by the way, if you missed it, no big deal, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it and bam, there's all the past shows, you can check them all out. But we were talking about a study that was showing that there is a really horrifyingly exponential growth in male body issue, male body issue struggles. And a lot of that's born out of, I think, access to technology. Because we now have access to a wealth of different things. I know on the Explorer function of Instagram, if you click on something, the algorithm just decides that now that is all you wanna see and you are flooded with a deluge of things that fall under that heading. So for instance, if you click on a a picture of someone working out, the algorithm's like, ah, this person now only wants to see fitness stuff and you get flooded. So be very thoughtful about what you're looking at because some people are getting inundated and they really start to think that that is the real world. We all will say with our mindfulness, hey, I know that the world is far bigger than what I'm seeing on apps. However, we don't live and feel and think from it. Just like I'll have to help uh, clients do some cognitive restructuring where they'll say something like, wow, I had such a lonely holiday weekend. Everyone else was out doing things. I saw it all on my Instagram and I'll say, no, everyone wasn't. And it is important to correct our thinking to, it's not just being obnoxious, but you have to be very thoughtful about the terms you use because you will feel based on what you think. And if you're thinking everyone's doing something and I'm left out, you will feel from that. But everyone is not doing anything. A few people were doing a lot over the weekend and they chose to post about it. And you saw a lot of those posts and decided that that was the entire world and you compared yourself to it and felt less than, but that can happen with a lot of different pieces. So what am I saying? I'm saying before you pick up your phone to go on an app, do the before, during, and after. How do you feel if you are not feeling great and confident and grounded? Keep your phone down. Don't go on the dating app. Don't go on Instagram because you are in a fragile place and you have the high potentiality of stumbling upon things that are going to reinforce that. We don't need that. And that's the topic of the dating app thing really quickly is don't go on if you're not feeling like you're in a space to deal with whatever you might come in contact with, but also remind yourself, this is not the entire world. This is just a small segment of people that are within my search parameters that I typed into my app. And they're the ones that are there now. This will change in an hour. This will change if I expand that. This is not the entire world, right? There's something very catastrophizing. And that is why people are developing, as that study show that I was talking about earlier, to hundreds of percentages of increases, body issues. Because they're thinking that this is the entire world and this is what everyone wants. No. So make sure you are both diversifying your social media and also be thoughtful about the current state you're in mental health-wise before you open the door to all of this. Um, that is vital. That is a direct tie to how you're going to feel. And that is an example of how we can take control of our moods and our thinking based on the influences around us. Take that seriously. I don't think we take it seriously enough. And I think we see these things as neutral factors. So we're going to come back and talk about a few more things to think about for some online dating success. But again, it's not really about that. It's really about mental health and how we're impacted by things. But you get a few nuggets in there as well, so stick around. But right now, uh, we're going to come back and do some DMs, y'all. So don't go anywhere. Just jam out to the tunes and stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, drop them in there. 
This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my girlfriend takes social media way too seriously, and I don't really know what to do. She talks about getting followers as if they are her best friends. She'll unfollow someone and make it the biggest deal in the world. Kind of over it and the drama that it's causing. Yeah, our self-esteem deeply linked to social media, often our uh, self-worth. And a lot of people hyper-focus on it. Think about it. Back in the day, prior to social media, what did we ever do? <laughs> what did we do to make ourselves feel bad about ourselves? Ah, we had a whole bunch of other stuff, but we didn't need to kind of fold that one in. Uh, yeah, so a couple things. Um, is their social media use getting in the way of time together? Because that's also something to consider. And um, it's okay to kind of talk that out, set those boundaries. Hey, when we're together, let's be together. Put your phone down, leave your phone in another room. Um, I, I love couples trying to create intentional time together. And, you know, as we're saying, uh, cell phone use in general can kind of get in the way. But, um, yeah, people cannot always be, sometimes people aren't aware of their own process. So I think it's appropriate as a partner of someone who loves them to help them understand some of the things you might be seeing that might not be good for their mental health. So have you tried in a very soothing way after you've connected? Because we connect before we correct, even though this isn't an example of correcting still kind of falls under that rubric where I want people to connect first before they maybe move into a more difficult or triggering topic. But I wonder what would happen if you connected and then said, hey, I sometimes feel um, worried about your social media use. Could we talk about it? And if your partner says, yeah, you could say, yeah, well, it seems as though a lot of your worth and your mood, more importantly, is dependent upon what's going on on your social media. And you can say, you know, sometimes I've noticed we'll be having a really great day and then you'll pick up your phone to check to see if you got likes on a post you made and then it tanks your mood and you don't feel good for the rest of the day. And you can then also say, and it kind of impacts my mood. And hopefully your partner would say, got it. I wouldn't want that to be the case if just because your partner cares about themselves, maybe it's more driven by them not wanting to negatively impact you. And it goes back to that intentional time where you could say, while we're out together on a date, spending time out in the world, could you maybe stay off of it so as to not bring that in? Because it's not reasonable to tell your partner to not be on social media. That's what everyone's doing now. Um, although that's always an option. Uh, and yes, we are going to post things and <clears throat> possibly have a emotional response to the reactions it gets. So what's the work around that? Well, self-talk, saying to yourself, posts aren't always going to be as intriguing to other people as they are to me. And what is my motivation for posting? Am I doing it for myself? In which case it's about me putting out there what's meaningful to me, or am I doing it for likes? And if I'm doing it for likes, again, I have to be willing to sometimes not feel great about the response I'm getting. And if I'm not able to tolerate that, then I might not be mentally healthy enough to be posting. Um, there is no magical tool to rewire our brain so that we aren't bothered by things that are bothersome. So it's about trying to have um, a better relationship to that discomfort and to be able to tolerate it uh, to either or to post for different reasons or to realize like right now I'm kind of misusing social media and I need to take a break. But relationally, I think it's appropriate for you to say, can you stay off of your phone while we're together and not check it? so as to not even set ourselves up for that possibility. And then later in your alone time, if you want to look and struggle with the feelings around the amount of likes you get, that's on you because that is on her. And that's just a part of the world. 
Um, if we have an art show and no one shows up, we're going to feel bad. If we have a birthday party and no one shows up, we're going to feel bad. We don't want to make it catastrophic. And we do have to say to ourselves, you know, our worth is bigger than this. And my friends can care about me, but have other things going on and et cetera, et cetera. So some of this is just about being in the world. We're relational beings and our self-worth is tied to what's reflected back to us to an extent. So that's always going to be the case. And we have to learn how to feel okay about ourselves even while that's happening. So there is something that can be, you know, transformative in this experience. But <clears throat> more importantly, I want you to zero in on the impact it's having on you and the relationship and just say, hey, while we're together, can you stay off of it? I had to ask that of someone a couple years ago that I was in a relationship with where they were constantly posting and then obsessing all day about the amount of responses. And I was saying, can you do that when it's not our couple's time? Because I then, I then am, instead of spending time with you, watching you check and also dealing with the fallout of whether or not you get the likes that you wanted to get. And can you kind of just delay that? And that's kind of the best we can do. All right, y'all, we'll be back. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. More to come. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about mental health through the lens and entry point of dating apps and apps. And I know I talk about it a lot, but my God, it's because every time I leave the house, that's all y'all are doing. In line at Starbucks, I see y'all doing nothing but swiping around, sitting, having your coffee. Even while you're on a date or hanging out with friends, y'all are swipe, swipe, swiping. At the gym, that's, that's the funniest thing in the world. I was uh, in Palm Springs over, what was it called, the new year. I was actually deep in Joshua Tree, but whatever. And I went to the gym because that's my time away from, you know, wherever I am and whoever I'm with. And also I put on my music, develop my great ideas. And I like moving my body. It's, it's a sport for me. Um, it's also, like I've said before on my Instagram, it's also a, a, a self-esteem challenge. You enter a gym and for most of us, your self-esteem is on the line there. Your comparison culture where you're comparing yourself to other people. And then there's a sense that like this is the whole world and everyone looks this way and I need to look that way. No, no. Most people actually don't go to the gym. More people don't than do. That's a small segment of society. But of course, we dramatize and catastrophize things. That's what our brain loves to do. It's got a negativity bias and it dramatizes. And there was a photo and it was really funny and it said how the gym used to be and how the gym is now. And on the left hand, how it used to be is people resting between sets, sitting there, they're thinking, they're talking to people. And then it showed a photo of how it is now and it's just people sitting there with their head down on their phone. And then I looked around the room and I was like, oh my God. And then here in LA, I look around the room at the gym and that's what everyone's doing. I look around at a coffee shop, that's what everyone's doing. Walking down the street, that's what everyone's doing. At the supermarket, that's what they're doing. Um, and again, I'm not saying we need to have our head up and engaging with everyone. That was never a reality. It's not like we used to put our phone down and talk to everyone. Certainly I don't, I have too much social anxiety for that. Um, but my point is, is please don't think that it doesn't impact your mental health. Like you're burying and saturating your brain for hours in this crap. So pay attention to what is the messaging that I'm burrowing into my brain. Like, like I, there was a time when seven years ago, or no, I think it was for seven years. I can't remember. A couple years ago for about seven years. Again, I'm horrible with chronology. Everything basically happened last year in my brain. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yes, that's right. I was running uh, groups at this treatment center. I've, I've said that before. And I said to everyone, let's pull our phones out and we can do this within, you know, privacy and whatnot. We're not, you know, telling other people. But I, I said to them, I want you to go on your Instagram and I want you to just write down um, the, the, the themes 
of five to 10 of the pages that you spend the most time looking at. What are the themes? Like, what is that page about? What is the branding? What is it communicating? What is it talking about? And I then said to them, are these things that are good for you or bad for you? And what impact do you think those things have on your mental health? Because you're, you're spending a lot of time normalizing those things, again, burning them into your psyche. That, that to, for a lot of us is a sense of how the world is. What's the messaging? Is it a good message? Um, do you align with that? Like what, and, and people were horrified. They were like, wow, some people are saying things like, I'm following just hot bodies and that's keeping me in this mindset that that's how my partners need to look, that's how I need to look, and I was like, toxic. Other people, they were like, oh, it's about success and optimization and what kind of car you drive and the watch you have, and I was like, toxic. That's all ego, that's materialism, that's form. Does I said, does anyone follow anything that's actually rooted in and good for their mental health, that talks about being a good person, that talks about self-improvement with a positive lens, that uh, positive quotes, spiritual, like anything, and it was the rare person that's like, yeah, I follow a few, you know, and it was like, wow. So that is part of your mental health right there. What would it mean if you were spending five hours a day looking at things that were normalizing diversity and creativity and that reflected back the body you have, the job you have, your finances were of worth and value versus this idea that we always have to be working towards something else. I, I remember I was at my ex's Christmas, uh, Christmas dinner. And they were like, let's go around and talk about our goals for next year. And everyone had a goal about doing more faster, shinier. And mine, I was like, I don't have any goals. Uh, my goal is to be content with exactly what I have, exactly where I'm at. And I'm, and I'm working on not wanting more. I'm working on being happy with what I already have because the studies show that that's where happiness comes from. And they were floored. You're not working on anything. You don't have any goal. And I was like, no. And I know it's so wild for y'all to hear that, but I'm working on nothing. I'm working on not working on things. I'm working on resting more. I think I put that on my social media. I'm working on working less. I want to work less and I want more pleasure, more fun, and more time in relationality. That's what I'm trying to do. Because we're so work obsessed. Heads exploded because we tie our worth to productivity. We're thinking it's all about making more money and the watch we have and the new shoes and the new car. None of that leads to happiness. It actually keeps you trapped in the treadmill, always thinking the newer thing, the bigger thing, the shinier thing. You never climb off that. And that's actually disordered thinking. Um, so pay attention to all that. And the dating apps are the same way that those few people that we're coming in contact with on the apps are, are making us feel like that's the entire world. And remember all the shaming that's on there. People talk about you have to be a certain height, you have to be a certain weight, no one femme, I want someone who's got, you know, owns a house, like all these things that are so toxic for us to be bumping into and encountering. And as I said earlier in the show, none of these things have anything to do with what it's like to be in a relationship with that person. What are they like through difficult times? What is it like to sit down and travel with them? You know, what is it like to even have sex with them? That has nothing to do with someone's height or someone's weight. That has nothing to do at all with what kind of partner they are in the bedroom or even outside the bedroom. Stick around. We're going to talk more about it. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. We're talking about a little bit of everything, but I love that, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're looking at how... Oh, social media impacts us. I'm talking about this study about the exponential growth in male eating disorders and body dysmorphia, uh, higher rates of teens. If they're struggling with that is um, in their youth, it's going to lead to higher rates of depression in adulthood. It's catapulted itself beyond the impact on females. Uh, a little bit different, but very similar. Um, and I was just talking about how we tend to think that the world is no bigger than what we have in the palm of our hand. What we're following and looking at on dating apps and social media apps is kind of making us think, oh, this is the entire world. 
this is what the world wants. This is what the world looks like. This is what the world's doing. And remember, most of us are drawn towards authoritarianism or conformity, meaning we want to do what everyone else is doing or we want to do what we're told. And social media is a form of saying, this is what you need to do or this is what everyone else is doing and you should do it too. And that's a horrible thing for our mental health. We should be living authentically saying, but what about me? What do I want? What do I need? Who am I? I don't need to fit in. I don't need to do what people want me to do. In fact, health is actually outside of that. Health lives on the margins. Health is about breaking those rules because none of us fit into these small, small little boxes that are mandated based on our gender. And that's when people are like, oh, we're trying to save masculinity. Why? What are you trying to save? Save authenticity, save truth. Um, your age bracket shouldn't determine how you act, how you dress, what you do. Your gender shouldn't have to determine how you act, how you dress, what you do. Truth. We're going to truth. And that's what we're trying to lead from. Um so we're, we're kind of now zeroing in more on the dating app stuff. Um, people are tired. People are burnt out. I want people to be spending their time focusing on things that are mental health enhancing and nourishing. The apps are not that regardless of what it is you're looking at. I was talking also about how take do this assignment. Uh, if you care about your mental health, do this assignment. Take out a piece of paper. I'm a big fan of people writing things down. We've gotten very lazy. Um, some people are like writing. I haven't touched a pen in months. Think about that. When's the last time you had to write something or, or use a pen? It's very rare. Anywho, write this down. Op open your phone. Not right now. You listen to the show or actually you can do it right now. That's fine too. I was going to say you're, you're driving, but not everyone's driving right now. But when you're not driving or when you're somewhere safe, take out a pen and a piece of paper. Some of y'all are going to be like, I don't have a pen. Um, cause again, not everyone's using pens anymore, but, and, and look at your phone. And, and say, what are the three to five apps that I use the most? Write those down. Then under each app that you use the most, write also down, open that app and say, what is the messaging or the impact that, that this app is having on me? For instance, like I said earlier, if we're talking about Instagram, you might say, okay, Instagram's one of the apps I spend the most time on. Then I want you to look at what you're following on Instagram and I want you to write down the themes and the branding and the messaging and what it, what is it saying? What is it showing you? What is it centering? What is it prioritizing? What is it trying to tell you? If there's someone with a ripped up gym body holding a sneaker and they're talking about the sneaker, well, yes, you can write down it's promoting sneakers. It's about footwear and telling me I need to buy a new pair of sneakers, but it's also telling you a lot more with the person holding the sneaker that you need to look this way, write it all down. I want you to take responsibility for what you're saturating your brain in, what messages you're, you're instilling into your psyche and what you're normalizing. And then, you know, again, the three to five apps you use the most and what is the messaging? If you're on a sex seeking app, like let's say you're on Grindr, what are you looking at? What kind of bodies are you looking at? What kind of messages are you hearing from people? What are you reading in their bio that they're looking for? Because you're going to tell yourself, this is what the world wants. This is what I need to conform to. Do I fit into these expectations? Do I not? Write all that down. I want you to pan out and stand back and say, there's my mental health. That piece of paper is demonstrating my mental health because I'm encountering these messages. And then if you don't think it's healthy for you, unfollow those, that stuff, fill your time and your Instagram with more supportive things. If you are trying to learn to love your fat, larger body, you better be following accounts and pages that are showing the beauty and health of larger and fat bodies. You better be following anti-diet dietitians, body diverse personal trainers if you want fitness stuff. Take responsibility for your mental health like that. If, if you are gender diverse and non-binary, please follow the amazing and beautiful gender and non-diverse influencers who are normalizing that. 
who are giving messages, pushing back on all these other ideas that, that are saying that there's nothing desirable or beautiful about that. Like do this exercise. I, I don't, you know, it was really wild. There was a time when we didn't have all of these things. And the only things we were impacted by was the few television channels we could watch, the magazines we maybe bought and put on our coffee table, and maybe what we saw at school. We weren't as inundated because when you're in standing in line somewhere or on a bus, again, you were either just reading a plain old book, listening to your Walkman, or maybe looking at the magazine you grabbed. But the magazines might have been, you know, an athletic magazine, it could have been a lifestyle magazine, a political magazine. But now, like I said, on the Explorer app on Instagram, we're forced to bump into things we don't even wanna see. We have to talk more and more about this and take it more seriously. It's not just who are the three to five friends I spend the most time around because their health is my mental health, it's also what are the three to five apps that I'm spending the most time around because my health is the health of them. So I want you to do it with your friends as well. What are the messaging, what are the kind of conversations my friends I'm spending time around? What kind of conversations are they having? Is that what I want in my brain? Is that healthy for me? But I also want you to do the work on the apps. It matters. It counts. I think we don't realize how much control we have over our mental health in that way. And yes, you can curate the kind of life that will sustain and support who and how you want to be. I've done it. All the patients in my practice are doing it. My social network is doing it. We've shut out the messaging and the influences we don't want socially, technologically, and even in terms of other forms of media. You know, think about this. Even parents, talk to your kids about it. Talk to your children about what they're following and how that impacts their mental health, just like the friends they have and what, what their friends are doing, what their friends are talking about impacts your mental health. And you can be a part of creating that change by, I've said this on the show so many times, say to your friends, let's no longer talk about fill in the blank because it makes us all feel bad or I walk away feeling bad. Can we talk more lovingly and supportively? Can we talk about whatever? But we have to, we have to do that we have to wrap it around. We have to really curate the kind of life because remember our mental health is so powerfully tied to all these different things. And so really take that into account. Um, all right, when we come back, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, questions, topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put those questions and topics in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And we are channelq.com. That's where you want to check out past episodes, spend more time with Loveline. Scroll down, look for it, click on it, binge post, we listen and share. But don't go anywhere. we got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're wrapping up and closing out our discussion on how all the different things around us impact our mental health, the people we hang out with, the topics we talk about when we're with them, how they look, how they don't look matters because that to us is the whole world. Just like we're looking at how the apps we look at and the larger forms of media, film, television, all that also impacts us. Um, those are the forces that build our psyches. Our self-worth is outside in. We compare, we have comparison culture. We all want to be normal. And what everyone else is doing around us, that determines how we're going to feel about who and what we are. Um, we're also, though, zeroing more in on the dating stuff. If you need to take breaks from all this, do that. I want people to recharge. I don't want people to burn out on dating. I don't want people to burn out on app use. I don't want people to burn out on technology. You know, so it's a larger conversation just about burnout in general. And that's why I'm telling everyone to like be very thoughtful. How are you currently feeling? Think about that before you step into any of these different things that uh, we're talking about having an impact on us. Are you in the most robust place to go spend time with them, to be on your app, or do you need to do something that's more neutralized or nourishing? Um, I think it's about being really honest with yourself about who you are and what you need, who you are, where you are, where you wanna be, what you need, and then building that around you. 
and really paying attention to what you need to move away from or completely remove because of how it makes you feel. How do you feel before, during, and after? How do you feel as you're heading to hang out with that group of friends? How do you feel before you get on that date? How do you feel before you pick your phone up? That matters. Then how do you feel during? How do you feel while you're with those friends? How do you feel while you're on a date with that person? How do you feel while you're on your Instagram? And then more importantly, how do you feel after? How do you feel after you've spent time with those friends, after you've been on dates with that person, after you've been on the app, before, during, and after. That's your mental health. We should be spending time with and moving towards things that we get excited about being around at the idea of it, that we get excited while being with, and that afterwards we get excited that we had just spent time with it. That is the barometer. You can plug everything into that. Your job, how do you feel on your way to work? How do you feel while at work? How do you feel after work? If the answer is miserable, for all three, well then it's time to find a new job. Same thing with your social circle, same thing with your date or husband. Again, we don't need to be married or in a committed relationship or a primary partnership. It's a choice. It should enhance us. So if the idea of going and spending time with your husband makes you miserable, the idea of actually being with them, you're feeling miserable. And after having spent time with them, you feel miserable. It's time to get a new husband because our mental health will always matter more than playing adulthood, fulfilling a role, or being where we think we need to be at this age or at this place in our lives. Your mental health means more than that. It's the one thing that matters the most. It's the one thing that's always with us. We don't have physical health without mental health. Mental health directly impacts our physical health. Yes, physical health impacts mental health, but mental health is more of the primary starting point. But we diminish it and we undermine it and we just wanna fit in and we just wanna do what we think we need to be doing. And that's to our own detriment. So, so ask yourself that before, during, and after, apply that to everything. And of course, also the more global question, what impact will it have on my mental health? Which as I've shared with all of you, I ask that of everything that is requested of me, regardless of who's requesting it. Is that good for my mental health? That's the number one question I always ask. And then I see how I feel uh, when I'm thinking about doing it and on way, I check in while I'm there. And I also, after I leave, I say, how did that go? How did it feel? And that's how I determine my next steps and what I bring into my life and what I prioritize. Um, and it's really scary to do that with things that are already in your life, a partner, a job, a social network, a hobby. It's okay to leave things because they're no longer working. I don't believe in the sunk cost fallacy, which is this idea that, well, I've already put this much money into it. So I might as well ride it out and complete it. I've already put this much time into it. I might as well ride out this marriage. That's horrible. That is not mental health centered. That is not trauma informed. And that is not an act of self-worth. If something is no longer making you happy or working for you, Peace out, throw up the double deuces and roll and go move towards something better. It's okay to quit a job, a hobby, a relationship, a social network because it's no longer making you happy or it's no longer what you want. We're no longer just riding it out. I'm a fan of people leaving movies. The, the, just because you already put an hour into the movie and paid for it, the, the next hour matters. That's your mental health. You have a right to spend the second hour of your day doing something better if the first hour of that movie stunk. I am a fan of walking out. I'm like, yo, I just gave 45 minutes of my life to this movie and it was horrible. I'm going to go because I'm not going to give up another hour to this because I'm already sitting here paid for it. I'll go for a walk. I'll go get coffee. I'll go home. I'll go flirt on an app somewhere, <laughs> whatever. Go ask somebody out, go eat a donut, but no, no more. I've been, I'm just going to ride it out because I've already started. No, we're not finishing things that aren't good for us, right? That's a, that's a fallacy that you should complete things, finish everything. Nah, mental health centered. If it's not good for you, you peace out and you stop. It's okay to leave things that are no longer good for you or working. I don't care again, like I said, what it is. You got to find a way to center the things that are good for you mentally.
All right, coming up next is DM. So you know the drill. If you've got a question, put it in there because whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too. They learn as you learn. Always anonymous, always confidential. Doesn't matter. Anything under the mental health, political, social rubric works. And uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because that's the kind of stuff you want to be building into your life. Maybe not completely, but at some times you want to be hearing the messaging that is going to help you create the kind of life you want and be the kind of person you want to be. All influences matter and everything around you is influencing you. Literally everything. Take control of it. All right, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Stay put. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. You got a question for us, drop it in there. Topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. Bam, 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 put them on there. All right, here we go. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, before the pandemic. So the minute I hear that, my answer already is, that was who you were then. You are a different person now, and you will constantly, hopefully, throughout the duration of your life, constantly be evolving forward into something else. I didn't read your question yet, but we never go backwards. We never go back to who we were. That's literally just not possible because we are reorganized. Our brain, our nervous system, internal working models, schemas, our moods, our self-esteem is dependent upon all the experiences we're having. Every day, you're having micro experiences. Just watching a television show, you're feeling things and thinking things, and then you go out into the world. So we're always shifting and changing. This idea of forward and backward, those aren't real concepts. We're never moving forward, we're never moving backward. That's not the best way to look at it. Um, It's just that we're constantly evolving and shifting and changing, incorporating things, undoing things. So there's no real forward or backward. Those are false constructs, and we often use them against ourselves. 
more on that hopefully in another show. But when someone says, I was this way before the pandemic, well, you'll never get back to anything. You're always going to be evolving forward. And whoever you are now is going to change within minutes and hours and days as well. Um, we're, we're, we're multiple beings at one time. We don't have a core authentic self. We're always changing and shifting. Memories are never the same. Anytime you re-experience a memory, even though it feels real to you because there it is, you're seeing it, it's different. Our memories are constantly changing and updating as a result of everything that's happening. Every part of us is doing that. And we're many different people depending on who we're in relationship with at the time. We're multi-phrenic, we're protein, we are relational, always shifting and changing. Question says, before pandemic, I was more sexual and now I barely have any desire. Okay, that's part of natural sexual development. At times hypersexual, at times hyposexual, at other times maybe more asexual, more disinterested. That has a always, that shifts based on our relationship to the world, to ourselves, to our bodies, all sorts of stuff. Um, so before the pandemic, sexual, now not so much. Okay. And then your question, what's causing this? Life. Everything's causing it. Everything's always causing everything. The mood I have right now is a result of everything that's happening around me right now, experiences I'm, I'm having, things I'm thinking about. <laughs> We're always in motion. Um, you said I used to masturbate more and now I rarely have the energy for me time. Okay. Why is that bad? Why, where's, why do you have the idea that you need to be the person you were before? Please don't, let me, let me make this the takeaway of this question. Please don't use whoever you were before, five minutes ago, an hour ago, a day ago, five years ago, as a baseline for how you need to always be or who you need to be again. The work is about staying curious about who you as a couple will become in the next week, month, and year, who you as an individual will become within the week, month, and next year, and what your sexuality will become. And when someone says, oh, well, I'm not horny right now, or I haven't been masturbating, or I have no sex drive, I say, okay, for now, and that will change. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. What's your concern? That you'll never be sexual again? Be where you are. I don't know why. We'll never know why. Why is always theoretical. People can spend years in therapy trying to figure out why they are the way they are. It's theoretical. We'll never know. There's no blood test for it. No brain scan can, no brain scan can tell us anything about your behavior or your psychology. It can only tell us what is currently activated in this moment, and we can't always even globalize that. So we can develop flimsy theories as to why and how. Again, we can't prove them. We can't test them. We are not accurate reporters, because as I said, every time we have a memory, it's shifted and changed since the event occurred. Memory is not reliable. It feels reliable to us because we buy into what's going on in our minds, but memory is pulled together from all over your brain. It does not sit untouched statically in one area of your brain. <laughs> And uh, your sexuality is always growing and changing. So my answer is always, that's how it is now. And it will evolve and change. Put more attention to it. Pr try to track your arousal. When you're feeling a little aroused, maybe try to stoke that more. Maybe try to masturbate even when not interested as a way to reignite that relationship with your body and that desire. It's a feedback loop. The more we step into something enjoyable, the more we'll seek it again. So I would say if you really feel as though you want to be masturbating a lot again, and I would say I don't know why that is a profound goal for you, maybe because you enjoy it, but right now you're not feeling driven to it, so it's not necessary. But hey, just step back into it. You know, Start saturating yourself around things that are generally arousing and turn you on. Sit down and watch some porn. I bet you that'll spike some arousal in your body and you'll start wanting to touch yourself and off you go. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, though, so don't worry. But if you got some questions for us, bam, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 